Oh, we are here. It is the non-cursing episode of the Clary Podcast. This is the non-cursing. We have the non-cursing, the curse-free, or my best attempt at it on uh, Thursday or Friday. Like I said in the previous podcast, we're going to crack down. We're going to get serious. Not that I wasn't serious about my career before. We're just going to add a little bit more organization. Two podcasts every week. One on Monday, which is the curse full. And then the second one on Thursday. For some reason, who was it? It was more than one person. I think I misspoke. or No, I never misspeak. You guys mishear me. <laughs> What was that? What Buddy Love over in the in the Nutty Professor, which is still a movie you guys all have got to see. Jerry Lewis, she's like, "You're two hours late." You're like, "No, no, no, sweetheart, you're just way too early." <laughs> the earliest form of game of like calling girls uh, bleep test, just pushing the keeping them at a. It was Jerry Lewis, 1964, the Nutty Professor. <laughs> Anyway, people are saying, what, are you not going to curse anymore? What are you? People thought like I had this come to Jesus meaning, like I discovered religion. They're like, what, you're not drinking? You're not cursing? Are you going to become like Prince? Like, no, no, I'm not, no. I, I just, I knew there was a demographic of people. Unfortunately, well, not fortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, drawbacks and pros considered the, the Venn diagram once again of my little right wing, non basically my non-communist world of politics does Venn diagram with the um, with those of you who are religious and typically Christian, and then some Muslims too. We got I, I think all religious people tend to be more conservative uh, than the non-religious ones, at least more moral, uh, minus this whole blowing up people we disagree with kind of thing. But in general, and there's a lot of you out there, you almost feel guilt. Almost, I almost feel guilt. There's uh, this one couple in particular that I know. They used to be dance students of mine. That's how I know them. And they're like, oh, we'd love to, and but you're just so crass and rude and loud. And then I kind of feel like, oh, these people, like, like oh. And I, and I almost felt dirty, almost felt shame. I'm like, wait a minute, let's be a true capitalist and capitalize off of that. I almost had guilt, almost, almost felt bad for a nanosecond there, but then I caught myself, right, lemonades out of lemons. That's what we're going to do. So now we have the curse-free podcast. So for those of you true cappy capites, you true lieutenants and agents in the field do not worry the captain has not gone off that i haven't found god or jesus i'm not going to become prince and go join the jehovah witnesses and never sing my song uh, pussy control uh i i will be doing that this is this is me diversifying this is me trying to give the audience what they want and me still being able to deliver plus it's good to have discipline it's good to have discipline it's, it's not that I didn't have it. It's not like I don't have these to-do lists. You guys see my... Have I shown you guys my to-do list on the videos? I must have shown people that on the videos. These seven effective habits of very successful people. I've never read the book. All I know is that my success, eh, disproportionately, there's other things involved. Well, all most of it comes from minimalism and being able to give the bird to any tyrannical authority figure. Like, yeah, I don't need you. Go to hell. But, uh, yeah, that, one of the, I'd have to say is that to-do list, having a to-do list every day. And I update it every day. I highlight it. There's a color coding. So I was disciplined. I, I did have uh, 
an itinerary. I didn't just wander around, get drunk, and do that. I had an itinerary, and then I wandered around and got drunk, but still amazingly got stuff done. So now I'm what? I'm about two weeks without the booze? Two weeks, no booze. Try that, Bernard Chapin and Matt Forney. Let's do our competition again. We'll go ahead and do that. And it's amazing how much more work you get done when, you, uh, when you're not drunk half the time. Oh, speaking of work, let's bang this out out of the way. All right, here's the deal. This is going to be confusing. It's going to be very confusing, so let me clarify and clear up some things. Uh, the past three weeks, I have just gone through uh, an amazing amount of work. Uh, this has probably been the most productive I've ever been since college, uh, where I was working full-time, going to school full-time, and we are working like 40-hour work days because we would stay up almost two days straight, which was not pleasant nor fun, but it did pay for tuition, which you millennials, I know it's a foreign concept, working more than four hours. Um, <clears throat> but we, we came out with Reconnaissance Man, all right? Now, that is already out in paperback and Kindle. It is estimated by the audio guy to be out in the middle of September, all right? Uh, but I'm learning with audio, everybody underestimates when these things are going to get done. So I'm going to say October is when it's coming out, all right? So Reconnaissance Man, all three formats, it's out and available in two, should be available in three, audio, fall time. Uh, there is Curse of the High IQ. That is available in audio I'm sorry, paperback and Kindle, and I just uploaded the audio books done by our good friend Undertow at undertowaudio.com. So that should be available within 10 to 14 business days. All right, so the two books, all formats, and I'm really pushing the audio books because I, I, it's just, it's, it's you guys. You guys are the ones, it's, we're not dumb here, people. I know, I know, I know we got some of you weirdo freaks. I know, let it curl up with the book. I know you weirdos are out there. I know you're in them, and we love you. You know, you're like the retarded, redheaded stepkid. It's like, well, we're forced to love you. We got to, you know, okay. Hey, it's 82 degrees outside. You want to go play Ferris Bueller? No, I want to stay in and read a book. <laughs> but for the rest of you, movers, hustlers, shakers, you got things going on. That is the future. I guarantee you that is the future with the young, smart millennials is they're not going to sit and read a book. They're going to want to do something else. They're going to want to hustle. They're going to want to move. So I'm converting everything in audio. So those two new books are in audio. Bachelor Pad Economics is in audio. Uh, Curse of the High IQ, or not uh, Not that. Uh, Bachelor Pad Economics and Worthless. I'm kicking around getting Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. But frankly, so few, I must be honest, so few men, black men read that book. I mean, I know we have our loyal listeners and, and all that. Uh, but it's not worth me expending the money on it because the, the audience just isn't there. So I, I think I'll just leave it at Kindle and, and all that. But then any future books, what else have we got? I think that's it. Those are the flagship books. So that's all That's all taken care of in the various different media formats. Then I came out with a new project called Captain's Quarterly. I haven't really plugged or told anyone about this yet because this is like Captain Capitalism Reserve, like Captain Capitalism Top Shelf. This is merely backing up my blog works. And again, the primary goal is to back up all this work I've done in case Google decides, like, we don't like your free speech or someone hacks the account. I got a lot of good work, a lot, you know, some of my finest writing, if not some of my best writing, is on the blog. But it's not, it's just like, well, there it is on the blog. You can sift through it. So I came out with the best of. The problem is how I did it before is I would wait years before I'd back it up 
which results in well, what we had with Captain Capitalism Reserved, about a 900-page tome, the costs of which are prohibitively expensive. It's just too big, and very few people are going to buy and read through that. So what I'm doing is backing it up quarterly, so there's not these four-year gaps where uh, somebody hits in the third year, I, use, I lose three years' worth of work or writing. We're backing up every quarter, taking more of a comic book magazine-type theme, and what I'm doing is I'm getting a model, cute girl, for each issue, for every quarter. And so we throw in, like, basically centerfolds. Now, it's not, it's not nudity. It's not porn. Basically, it's going to be 1950s, kind of housewifey, good-looking, you know, the epitome of female beauty back in the 50s, not this crap we got today, right? What men really want. And some women actually like to appreciate that beauty, like, oh, I wish I could dress in a dress. Anytime you girls can, it's not like you need permission from uh, Jezebel or Salon, or Slate Magazine, you can start, you can start, what would happen, just think about that, what would happen if a college girl on today's campus just started wearing a nice dress, just a nice cute dress, put on some heels, put on a nice dress, and just went to class, and just, there was a gal I remember in my dance class, oh, what was her name, she was Filipino, and um, she came to class. And by this time, the, the excitement was over. The, uh, the, the swing dance craze was over. And not that the young gals, when they came to my dance class, ever dressed up uh, fancy or anything. But they, they would dress up a little bit. Well, in comes this babe. I mean, the, the, the drums and the trombone playing as she's walking in. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. Wop, wop, wop. Every guy, I mean, it was the epitome of female beauty. This gal comes in with her Healy heels. She had a nice 50s, no, not a big poofy dress, but just this classy, I mean, just the epitome of beautiful. And she was all done up, and she was so excited because she she uh, she didn't have time. She finally could go take dance classes. And we are, I mean, we're thinking this gal's 25, 26 the gal turns out to be the mother of four. She's 41, 42. And, and just you, your jaw drops even more like women are capable of this. What the hell is happening to the rest of the 99.999% of the population? I mean, this gal was just class. And so uh, she, she was just excited to go dancing because she was so busy raising the kids. Now the kids are kind of old enough to take care of themselves. And then, and then I'm thinking like, hey, there ain't no husband. There ain't no dance partner. And every guy's thinking the exact same thing. But I'm like, screw you guys. I'm the instructor. I, this is my, I am the big fish in this little pond. And I get first choice. I am King Solomon. I will choose out of all the Jews who goes into my concubine. And you will have the leftovers. And so then she says, well, do you guys want to come over for cocktails? <laughs> it's like, what? Dude, will you go and like train women in to be like you? I mean, this is like this, just like a heaven. She was an angel. She's just a freaking angel that came from heaven. And so we're like, yeah. And then we get there. She got this nice little house. It's all done. And she's got her little martini bar and she's all dolled up. And then we walk in. She's, oh, this is my husband. And this is like dopey sitting on the couch, balding, average white guy who, I'm like, what the heck is going on? I, I thought you and I were going to run off together. You know, what, 
I had such hopes and dreams. There's my husband in the corner. And every you could just see every guy's shoulders. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know. I had to piece it together. I think maybe she was a mail-order bride and was just happy to be here. And, like, you know, Mortimer Hopschlutz over there in the corner. You know, he was an accountant or a CPA. And, and uh, he just provided her a good life. And the kids were wonderful. Kids were very... Nice family, don't get me wrong. But it's just like there was no justice. Just no, I mean, just, oh, it was, I mean, imagine, guys, the the two million years of human evolution and genetic programming, and it came to the pinnacle. It came to the point that 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 it was refined and perfected into this woman. And you're like, ah. You know, she walks in, there's a hail, there's just an aura about her. The sun breaks from the clouds and beams on her. And then it's like, oh yeah, here's here's my pasty white kind of frumpy, dumpy looking husband. And just, oh. Anyway, not that any girl could achieve that. I, I think you almost have to be like a 30-something a woman to, to pull that true womanesque thing off. Uh, but imagine if like, just, I would just love to see a millennial girl dress up just and maybe even start a trend like women actually start dressing like women and 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 take pride in their female beauty take pride in genuine femininity not this i'm gonna dye my hair what is this it's like this bland you guys have seen it because it's it's a thing now it's a trend so all women have to do it the it's like a a pasty drab green turquoise graying of the dying of the hair. I predicted this. It started purple. Now all the girls are, you know, all the ugly girls are doing this now. They're starting to, because they, they think that's beautiful. They think, they think like black chicks putting on big, long-ass, done-up nails and getting uh, extensions in their hair compensates for the huge ass that they have and the fact they're fat and obese. They, they literally, <laughs> oh, poor black girls. Lie to their entire lives about the real world. They they think they think you know don't need no man government check. Okay, fine. But then then you can tell they they still have. It's like when feminists. What was it? Some gal. She was a huge feminist, and on on her profile, she had done up her makeup and done her hair and, and was posing and had dressed in a in a very nice. I'm like, why are you dressing up? Give it up. You already said you don't like guys. You don't want men. We got it. Why are you trying to be beautiful still? And that's the thing. I think way deep down inside, no matter how much they tell themselves in the frontal lobes, the remaining 80% of the brain is screaming, be feminine. And so whether you're the feminist who decides to put on makeup because you got to look that way, or you're the ghetto black girl who's like fatter than all hell, you're too lazy to actually go and hit the gym or, or get yourself in shape, or to like not breed off five other men's children, you still think, you, you still want to go and get that man. So you think it's going to, you're going to just mail it in by, by putting on a ton of makeup, getting extensions, and then the nails. Having the, not only the extended nails, but having the artwork done on the nails. Thinking somehow that's going to compensate for your three foot wide ass. It's called living in denial, and it ain't just a river in Egypt. Where was I going? Oh, yeah. So, like, if these gals, the good-looking ones, dolled themselves up, I'm not saying going out to a nightclub. Just dress pretty. Like that 60-year-old woman I saw. She just had a nice, simple blue dress. She had put herself together. 
She was very presentable in public. And I, I, again, I wish I would have complimented her. I failed to compliment her, and I should have. But what if girls just did that on campus? Not a lot, but just some. I mean, you want to talk about putting a spring in the step of all the men out there. You want to talk, you know, how do I find a man? Well, maybe you ought to dress like a woman. Maybe you ought to, like, advertise your feminine qualities. And then you go out, you just be beautiful, do your hair, and then guys would be turning in. And then, oh, man, the feminists would get pissed. What if that became a trend, though? Like the normal women, what few dwindling number there are in the millennial generation and college-age kids. You just dressed up. You just dressed up. Put on some heels, put on some makeup, put on a dress, and just, just wow. You walk in, there's the frumpy competition with their turquoise, gray, brown, sort of dying drab crap. They got their tattoos, they got their head shaved on one side, they got the hoop earrings, they got their piercings. They're dressed like, not you can't even say guys, they're dressed like refugees or like the, the morons over at Pioneer Square, the homeless and there they are, and then you just come walking in like this gal did in the dance class. Same thing with the with the drums. Boom, chicka, boom, chicka. Wop, 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 wop. I think the trombone's a bit too sultry. Maybe it would be more of the ah! the choir. All the guys would be like, hi. And then, and I guarantee you, what would happen if this were to become a trend? Even though the feminists and the leftists, especially on college, claim they don't need no man, they don't and they're they're asexual, sapiosexual, wood sexual, cotton sexual, whatever they is, they they get pissed because they're just because deep down inside, again, just like the black woman, don't need no man, got me government check, got five children, six fathers, they're still gonna put on the nails. They're still they're still genetically programmed after two million years. That that 50 years of feminism is not going to override the 2 million years of evolution and genetics. They'll still get gel. They'll still get jealous. And then they're like, what are you doing? And, then, and then, then they can't admit that they're jealous, so they're going to come up with the lie in the front. See, they're going to come up with the excuse that, that you're conforming. See, you're, you're, it's not you're making us look bad, stop doing that, and you're making me jealous that you might actually live a happy life and attract men. You might actually achieve orgasm. No, no, you're you are you're conforming to the patriarchy. You're one of their slaves. That's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Oh, anyway, so uh, that's basically the models I'm gonna be having in Captain's Court. We have a nice model. I mentioned her before, Cindy Moran, CindyMoran.net. She did an outstanding job. Uh, as you know, I am male. I do like the ladies, uh, but and she's got some great. Nice, uh, sultry pictures in this one. No, I mean, beautiful. Uh, but I hate to say it, I really do, I really do appreciate the classical 50s housewife kind of poses she has, where she's just wearing a nice, there's one where she's got this red dress, woo, whoa, <laughs> right at that point, she's on that side of beautiful right before you go into slutty, she just, she, she walked that line, man, with this picture, that alone is worth getting the book or Kindle or Pit, however you get it. You got to see it. Um, yeah, I forgot my train of thought. Where the hell was it? Oh, uh, it, it's just nice. It was really nice just seeing beauty, not sluttiness or, or, or even sexy. It was just like, oh, that's female beauty. That's what it used to look like. That's what I'm trying to go for with this in, in this Captain's Quarterly. 
uh, in addition to backing up all my... So you got, the, you got the two greatest things men want in the world. True feminine beauty, not sluttery, eh, a little bit, maybe a little touch. Had to give you guys a bone there. Can't have ice cream without a little bit of chocolate, uh, chocolate syrup on it. Sprinkles and jimmies. Might even add a little whipped cream and a cherry too. Look, I made a damn good Sunday for you guys, all right? So you got the girl and you have really just, just the best works. Uh, some true intellectual stimulation. So if you are, I don't know, in charge of a barber shop, a cigar lounge, or you just want, I please, please go buy it. I appreciate it if you would. And so that's the other thing. And then, what else? Oh, yes, I know it is fall 2015 on the book, but today it's approaching fall of 2016. That's because I've waited a year to back this up. And also, the 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 choke point on this one, the bottleneck, is that um, it's hard finding good-looking girls that are reliable. And we've gone into this before. Society spoils good-looking girls. Good-looking girls are not responsible adults. They tend to just be, eh, because society will pass them. And to quote Bill Burr, no one corrects them because we all want to fivenicate with them. I say, people say fornicate. I like to say fivenicate. And so if you happen to know of any decent-looking girls who are models, who are professional, or you yourself happen to be a decent-looking girl and you want to model, uh, give the old captain a call. Well, not, not call. Email me. Let me know. Because that is the choke point. That's the hard part. I already got the stuff written. I got the thing streamlined, too. Like, I got the font. I even got the template all set out. It's all set out. This going through the trial run, doing this the first time through. Now it's going to be half the time. I just need... A reliable, good-looking girl. That's it. I know those are mutually exclusive qualities, characteristics, and traits. But if you happen to know of any, please send them my way. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on in Cappy Worlds. Are you guys doing well? Are you doing well? Can you dig it? What we got? Oh, let's uh, let's get old Amy Schumer out of the way. Let's get a hang on. Let me look this up. Okay, Amy Schumer. In the grand scheme of human history, well, in reality, is pointless. There's no value in it. But she, there's some drama, and from the drama we learn. About the only thing that the effect that Amy Schumer will have on the country is one of annoyance because everybody, she constantly shoves her fat rear and her thunder thighs in everybody's face on social media. Then is upset that people are like, God, we, we don't like fat girls. Please not. I mean, constant bait and then claim victimhood. Uh, and then there's some gals who will follow her because she's a rah-rah, powerful woman, whatever. I mean, it, it's getting tiring. But she came out with a book, and so uh, there's been some problems with the book. This is from theweek.com. Amy Schumer's new book is under assault from a brigade of trolls. Comedian Amy Schumer's new essay collection, The Girl with the Lower Back Tattoo, is out. It's ranking number two on Amazon's list of bestsellers and number two in satire and humor sections. Nettled, perhaps, by the book's success or by the fact that a female comics business acumen landed in one of the most lucrative celebrity book deals in the business, a small group of fans of the now-defunct Opie and Anthony radio show are trying to sabotage the comedian by leaving her fake one-star book reviews. Now, let me ask you something. Have you ever heard of this happening to other people? Oh, yeah, because it happens all the time. But see, now it makes news because it's Amy Schumer. This happens This happens to anyone, I would even say right or left, that has a decent phone. It happens to me when I wrote Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. I mean, heck, you could go and look at the reviews like the chart. Even Amazon will do the chart. You see the, the true racists and bigots over in the black community, and perhaps even the whites. 
uh, where it's like, oh, we can't have a book written by a white guy to help out black people. Why, well, that's racist and some weird, crazy logic. Uh, so there's a bunch of one-star reviews and a bunch of five-star reviews. That's how you, that's how you tell if a book is good. You can't you can't look at the the average star rating. You got to look at the distribution. If there's a ton of fives and a ton of ones, hey, at least it's controversial and it might be good. You might it might be interesting. Rouge had the same thing, but again, Rouge is a guy, and we can't we can't have the meat. The media can't come to the rescue of a guy, even though it's just as unfair. But we're going to go and come to the rescue of Amy Schumer. So now all of a sudden this is a thing. This is now the now the media because there was a girl. And what is it? Bernard Chapin says, when there's a girl in need, society will exceed. So this is just, it, it. it's like Ghostbusters, you know? Men have been dealing with this the entire time. We did it 30 years ago. And now you're a little late to the party of Me Tooism. It's like, I invented flight. Ah, good girl, sweetheart. It's 2016. It's the current year. Uh, the plan was hatched in a subreddit dedicated to the show, which was hosted by shock jocks Greg Hughes and Anthony Cumia. Cumia was fired for racist rants in 2014. Oh, really? Really? What, was it really racist? I wonder. He was subsequently arrested for allegedly strangling a woman. Yeah, uh, allegedly. See, this is, and this is with the media. You, you, and side note, I don't believe anything coming from the media anymore. I just don't. Allegedly, rumor has it that, that, that well, rumor has it. Who wrote this? Uh, where's the where's the author? Why can't I find the author? Allegedly, theweek.com advocates raping little children. I'm just saying, allegedly, you know, rumor has it. Uh, fans admire Kumia and he was for outrageously pushing the envelope on what comedy could do. The Amazon caper was proposed by one poster yesterday and got off the ground on a dedicated thread about an hour later. As users advise each other on how to create fake accounts and congratulate each other on especially witty entries, one poster broke the fourth wall by plugging another comic in his Amazon review while the third... Uh, okay, all right. So, <clears throat> complaining about... Things that happen, but this time because vagina, now it makes national news. So I want to see what this book is about. Because basically, the, the, the formula, the ideal formula you want, if you're ever going to go into public figuring, and back, this is before self-publishing, but you take two variables. One, if you get a platform like Rush Limbaugh, you become a radio show host, and then you have self-publishing, you're golden. You're set for life. Because you have yourself a million followers, 10 million followers. And if I'm short a couple tens of millions this quarter, you write a book or you have somebody else write it for you uh, and then you sell it and then your readers... And it's kind of what I do. But when I write a book, it's to help out people, right? It, it's it's like, okay, I have this platform, uh, but I am, I'm going to write something of benefit to those who would read it. So I'm thinking, okay... Amy Schumer's got, she's popular. She can do it. She's got the magic formula. So what does she write? So I wanted to see what this book was about. And here it is. The girl with the lower back tattoo. And of course she's posing naked in a provocative, well not provocative, but she's hiding her boobies. Of course she cannot, like what's the other gal's name? Lena Dunham? Just cannot not pose nude in her own show. Just cannot show off their body. Amy, you're not hot. You just aren't. So, it, it, already I'm, I, I got a distaste for this. 
Uh, and where's this? What happened to the scripture? Where'd it go? Oh, the Emmy Award-winning actress, writer, and star Inside Amy Schumer in the acclaimed film Trainwreck uh, was has taken the entertainment world by storm with her winning blend of smart satirical humor. Now Amy Schumer has written a refreshingly candid and uproariously funny collection of extremely personal and observational essays. In The Girl with the Lower Back Tattoo, uh, Amy mines her past for stories about her teenage years, her family, relationships, and sex, and shares the experience that have shaped who she is. A woman with the courage to bear her soul, to stand up for what she believes in, all while making us laugh. Uh, ranging from the rankest to the romantic, the heartfelt to the harrowing, this highly entertaining and universally appealing collection is the literary equivalent of a night out with your best friend, an unforgettable and fun adventure that you wish could last forever. Whether she's experiencing lust at first sight while in the airport security line, sharing her own views on love and marriage, admitting to being an introvert, or discovering her CrossFit instructor's secret bad habit, Amy Schumer proves a blah, blah, blah. Okay, all right. Here's... here's the whole point why even waste your time with basically an attention whore amy schumer is younger i think she's only like 30 something she's she's younger mid 30s why are you writing a biography an autobiography about yourself i understand if you're trying to capitalize on it but why are you why don't you write something that's funny why don't instead of putting your effort into a book about yourself why don't you put it into a comedy routine Right. Now, maybe she paid a ghostwriter to write this, but what this belies to me about Amy Schumer is her ego. Do we know anyone else who wrote a book in his or her 30s? Matter of fact, wrote two books about himself before he did anything? To this day, still hasn't done anything? That's right, Barry, good old Barack Obama. And there's one thing that was like, that was a red flag that went off to me was how this, this guy basically did nothing with his life except write about himself and the guy wasn't even 40 yet. Tears of my father. Whatever the stupid book was that he wrote. Look, when I, I, I... It never dawned on me at at even to this age. I haven't lived long enough to write an, a biography. I'm not going to write it. I'm certainly... I, I uh, sprinkle anecdotes and tell you personal stories in, in across various different books I've written, but that's to convey a point or say, all right, here's, here's what happened. Ha ha, make it a little bit more fun and entertaining. But I've never, I don't, I don't think I ever will write an autobiography because it's so arrogant. All these people want to hear about me. And whether you like it, what do I want to write about? I'm going to write about me. How, how bored do you have to be with your life? How, mu- how many lacking in activities or hobbies do you have to be to write about you? You live you 24-7. The most sick thing, not 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 like gross sick, but the thing you're most tiresome of, the thing you're, you're like, God, I'm just sick and tired of what is it? Chocolate, ice cream, what are you sick of? You're probably sick and tired of yourself. And the last thing I want to do is write a book about what I just experienced. I don't need to write that book. It would be incredibly arrogant on my part to assume you want to read about my life. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's women's studies. Like, let's just study ourselves and get it all absorbed and involved and in, in, in self-inflection and come up with cute little things. You got to be kidding me. There's so much more. And for, for a younger person under 40, like Barack Obama or Amy Schumer, to write an autobiography? Screw you. 
I mean, it, it, it shows their hand. It shows what kind of a person they are. You, you've, okay, fine. Amy Schumer has lived a, a different life. A comedian, okay, fine. And yes, I understand the profit motive, absolutely. But I, out of all the things to choose, you're going to talk about yourself. Hooray. <laughs> hey, but the girls are eating it up. Let me just take a look here. It's got 45 reviews so far. Yeah, if, if you if you um, if you go online and you look at the Amazon reviews, you got that you got that double thing. You see all the fake reviews down in the one star, and you see all the five stars. Uh, and then, but what ends up happening? See, you can't you don't even know whether these reviews are accurate or not, because then all the people like her sicko fans come in and she they start like voting up. You know, giving fake five star reviews to counter the one star reviews, so you never really know. So you gotta you gotta suss it out between the four, three, and two star reviews, of which I think there's only one of each. There's no three star reviews. Can't put this book down. Highly recommended. Even Tampa likes this. Good stuff. Oh, and and they're gonna do well. What is it? Number one? Yeah, it's number one. Look at that. See, that's the lottery, guys. If you get famous. Number one in humor and entertainment. Number five in all books. That's that's the goal. That is the goal. So yeah, I mean, go ahead, make the money. But honestly, this <laughs> I I loathe Amy Amy Schumer. I mean, you could tell with if, if look, hey, go become a comedian, go become a rock star. But when you start proselytizing, you know, Bruce Springsteen or Bono up there lecturing us and Bob Geldof about how we got to go and do things for other people who never did jack for us. Okay, whatever. But then Schumer just takes it to another level, especially with the feminism crap, where she's just going to shove her fat ass into everybody's face. There was like a month where you couldn't go a week without a new picture of Amy Schumer posing pretty much nude, but covering her nipples and and her hoo-ha. Just to what? Get a rise to... To do, it's like, go away. Just go away. It's further evidence I got to write a book about, just dedicated towards women. Women will buy up slop, man. They will buy up slop. And one of these days, after I'm done writing all the books I want to write, then I'm going to write a book that I should write. The Plumber Who Cleaned My Pipes. The epic saga of, what would it be? A social justice warrior girl who wants to be beautiful on the outside but can only have her inner beauty is chased after a rip plumber but her investment banking boyfriend who doesn't really care about her or her child from a failed relationship. Yeah, then what would we be? be a multiracial kid, single mom. Dad was a jerk, and he left, deadbeat dad, and then there are two men vying for it. I just write this, the formula. It's scripted. I got it. I just got to come up with it. Why am I studying economics so hard? Oh, maybe we should do some sponsors, huh? Where does the sponsor list go? Here it is. All right. Uh, If you would like to advertise on the Clary podcast, not to mention the entire Clary online media empire, you simply can. It's $100 a month. We get you a YouTube plug. We plug you on the podcast. You've got a banner and all that other stuff. So uh, if you're interested, let the old captain know. Hit 25,000 subscribers on YouTube this past week. And we're well on our way to 26, so that was good. 
Chad Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. Go visit our buddy Chad, the resident manager CPA. If you need some kind of accounting, financial advice, or whatever, go contact Chad. I even ha- I hired out Chad uh, last week saying like, hey, what about an S-Corp? What about this stuff? Is there a way to lower taxes? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, ah, no, you're screwed. I'm like, thank you very much. See, but at least now I know I'm screwed. See, beforehand, I didn't know. I'm like, I might be screwed. Am I screwed? Am I paying more in taxes than I legally have to? Because uh, I, I don't want to pay these taxes. Maybe there's a legal way to lower my tax bill. And then I say, hey, Chad, can you look at that? He says, yeah. And he looked at that and he says, yeah, you're screwed. I'm like, I'm screwed. He says, you're screwed. I'm like, I'm screwed. But it's good to know. <laughs> and it was. It was good to know. All right, you're doing about as best as you can. Uh, then we have the League of Extraordinary Podcasters. We have 405media.com. If you are like, gosh, I want to find a new podcast, visit our uh, our buddy John Grant's um, radio station. Basically, it's a podcast station. It's all these different podcasts. Go to 405media.com if you're sick and tired of listening to this podcast and want a new one. Silvio Canto at Canto Talk. You can find him at blogtalkradio.com. Jason Harmon, he has two, Swank Life and his real estate show. Just look up Jason Harmon. You can find him. He's all over. He's big. He's one of those, like, he's like, what is he like? He's like uh, trees. They're all over the place. You just don't notice them. Is that a good, that's a horrible analogy. You, you'd be surprised how uh, omnipresent he is. He's, he's a big to-do in the interwebs world. Uh, freedomainradio.com. You can go ahead and visit uh, Stefan Molyneux and learn to hate your mother. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. HateYourMother.com. No. <laughs> he is good. Please go visit Stefan Molyneux. The, the, without a doubt, the world's uh, best and most prominent philosopher of our time, e- easily. Financial Survival Network with uh, Kerry Lutz. Uh, we have Tom Likas. Go to BlowMeUpTom.com. Also, if you're looking to advertise, not just on the Clary podcast, uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, <clears throat> I may be cheaper, but Tom just has a reach that I don't. And so uh, go, go uh, contact Gary over at blowmeuptom.com. Uh, Davis Arini is back. He's sort of back. Maybe he's back. We don't know. Uh, he's got his sort of podcast when he feels like it, uh, whenever he surfaces up to get air. Um, the Italian whale. Is he underwater? We don't know. We haven't seen Oh, there's a surface out there. Oh, no, he went back underwater. All right. Did he make a post? Did he make a podcast? Oh, yeah, look. He, he kind of, there's one. You can find him on YouTube. Crush the Street. Uh, I was just on their show yesterday. We recorded two weeks ago, and then he posted it yesterday. So we talked about how I believe um, not only should citizens have the right to fully automatic weapons, I think we should have the right to form militias that not, that get bazookas and M1 tanks and weaponry and armament. And uh, I know that will never happen, but... Uh, you need see the whole the second the second amendment existed not all oh, so you can shoot deer. It's not that it's so you could overthrow an oppressive government. And you can't do that with, you know, hunting rifles. So I think we need M1 Abrams tanks. I I would like to have some A10 Warthogs, some helicopters. <clears throat> what else would we need? Maybe if we had our own nuclear weapons. I think that would be a that would be a kind of on par thing. The militia. We have a nuclear weapons division. Yeah, give us some of those ICBMs. Yeah, train us how to use this. Okay. Oh, oh, you think you're going to have affirmative action this year, too? Oh, let me tell you about this congressional session. What kind of legislation is coming through this time? Uh, Pushing Rubber Downhill, that's by our good friend Adam Piggott, Down Under, uh, the book and the podcast. 
and the website. Just search Pushing Rubber Downhill, you'll find him. Glendon Cameron, the Kung Fu Master of Hustle. You can find him on YouTube. Lori Zook, the world of Lori Zook, spelled Z-O-O-C-K. Matter of fact, that's a good name to have. Um, if you're tra- like if you have if you have a unique name, that's always good to have because then people remember it. So there's a name to have if you're trying to break into podcasts. She has, she's already broken in. It's not like she's a, a, a rookie here. She's had a radio show for what, 20 years or something like that? Um, but look her up, Lori Zook. Uh, she's on Podomatic. We have Ed Lattimore. Go visit him at edlattimore.com. He doesn't have a podcast. I just plug him because he's a cool cat. Uh, then we have Glorious Hat, GloriousHat.com, where Glorious uh, Carl sells his Glorious Hat. It's one of those warm Ushanka hats. Um, and uh, we, we uh, I might go visit him later on this fall um, because Ohio is just so exciting. I can't complain. What, like Minnesota is that exciting. I complain about people not coming out to visit Minnesota. It's like, why would someone come to Minnesota? Why would anyone go? Out? Why would anyone go visit anything that isn't the South and warm, or west of the Mississippi that isn't the Plains states? Why would you go there? Uh, so we have that there, and then also Asshole Consulting. If you need my advice for whatever reason to solve your problems, consider hiring Asshole Consulting because I guarantee you, paying me thirty, thirty-five, even forty bucks to answer your problems is better than you spending years, if not decades, trying to answer the question yourself. And Lord knows how much money and tuition or whatever else you're going to spend. Why you have the old Captain Lab, your older brother Cappy, take a look at your game plan, let you know where you're going to screw up, let you know whether or not he's been down that path. I know a lot of, I've, heck, I've charged people 100, 200 bucks. And I sit and I think about it, well, did I really gouge that guy? I'm like, no. I just, saved, I just saved him like thousands, tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of dollars for 100 or 200 bucks. I only charge those people unless they're particularly long in their request and they never get to the point. Or they annoy me. These ADA, HGD, Asperger, autistic quote kids where it's just a page of text and there's no paragraph. That's a mental illness. No, that's you not paying attention or thinking before you put together your thoughts. That's you just being lazy and not organizing your thoughts. So like when you when you write just a page, let me explain something to you. I don't care if you think you have the ADHD, Asperger, autism, uh, made-up disease, okay? What I see when you put together just, uh, it's just text, all text. There's no paragraph. There's no indentations. It's you decided to take all the raw data in your mind, barf it out into a page, and put absolutely no effort or energy into preparing it so that the reader could digest it or that would make any sense. And so now I have to spend extra time and calories of mental energy trying to figure out what you were trying to say. Not to mention, it's vision, It's like looking at a fat chick. It, it hurts me to look at it. And I'm like, oh, uh, no, 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 no. You're not going to tell me you have a mental problem. You're a lazy SOB, and you're too lazy to put this together for someone. It's, it's like uh, you go to a restaurant, and you say, I would like... Um, I would like the shrimp scampi. And you come out and you send me some shrimp and some noodles that haven't been boiled and the sauce that hasn't been made. But all the ingredients. You basically just bring me the ingredients for shrimp scampi. You're like, what? Well, shrimp scampi. Figure it out. So those uh, those people I charge extra. A lot of extra money for. 
Um, but yeah, if you have questions, you get lost, whatever. Seriously, come talk to the old captain. Just talk to the old captain. If, <laughs> if you don't trust therapists, or you, you've had therapists, and now you really don't trust them, why, why you try it my way? Just, just try it my way once. See what happens. Can't guarantee you anything, but uh, at least we're honest. Uh, academiccomposition.com. College is coming up. Love, you're going to have to start writing papers for no darn good reason aside from to have your, uh, not even your professor, but your college TA masturbate to their own leftist studies uh, to make, you know, to get the echo chamber like, yes, white males suck. Yes, Marx was great. Give me my freaking B plus. Um, but uh, you don't have to write it. You can hire academiccomposition.com to write your worthless college papers for you. They will also do resumes for you for $100. So if you are having a little bit of trouble finding a job, you think it might be your resume, like Asshole Consulting, maybe it's worthwhile dropping down 100 bucks to have Alex and his crackpot team of professional writing staff either write your papers or take a look at your resume. Alex is also always hiring. So if you are looking to write, like you're a good writer and you can write BS like the rest of them, you know, oh, I got this worthless degree in English comp, but I'm pretty good at writing BS after four years of writing BS. This is your calling. You can write from anywhere. Also, he's looking for marketers. So if you are competent with a computer and you know how to access the interwebs, uh, contact him. Both jobs suck. They're very boring, but they pay. Uh, it's better than slinging coffee, and you could do it from anywhere. So uh, contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. Just let him know that the captain sent you. Matt Forney. Visit Matt Forney at mattforney.com. He has his uh, latest book out called Do the Philippines. But he has other books and other things as well. He's got a podcast. He's got everything going on. Visit him at Matt Forney if you're looking for a podcast, if you're looking for YouTube, if you're looking for books. I will warn you, if you think the old captain is crass and uh, not digestible uh, on the Curse Full podcast, you should be fully prepared for Matt Forney then because he is a lot more lewd and crass than the captain ever was. I am just giving you a heads up before he's, oh, new podcast. Wait a minute. What's he talking about? It. There's some lines I draw where I'm like, uh, no. Uh, then also, if you are looking to invest and in, like you've paid everything off, all right, this is, this is the whole thing. You know me and my investment philosophy. Pay off your debts, pay off your mortgage, okay? Uh, silver, gold, guns. And then after all that's done, after all that's said and done, uh, then you know, all of a sudden you got money left over. Okay, maybe maybe then you start looking at an IRA and one of these traditional retirement plans. And even then, I would I would I'm kind of eschewing the Roth because I have a feeling in the future, especially when minorities become the majority of the population, they're going to rescind the tax treatment of these because I, I need my monies. All right, so I'm a little hesitant on the Roth, but with the traditional IRA, at least you get to lower your taxes in the here and now, and they can't take that back from you. I mean, of course, they can confiscate your IRA anyway in the future, but um, just it's it's something. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little hesitant uh, on these retirement plans. That's why it's the last thing to do. But if all of a sudden you got nothing else to do with your money, I mean nothing else to do with your money, uh, to put it into an IRA, uh, go through my affiliate program at Betterment.com. You go to my site, CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. Look for the Betterment logo. Click on that. Set up the account. Uh, and I get money back. The reason I'm endorsing Betterment is because it's a robo-advisor. There's no slick scumbag salesman with hair uh, saying, Hey, my name's Chick McChipperson, and hey, me and my associate Chaz, we will help you for 5% of your uh, balance every year manage, and then they don't provide higher-than-average rates. Betterment's very simple. 
They're just going to invest in index funds, which beat the majority of investment professionals anyway. And what Betterment does is it does the allocation based on your age, life expectancy, all these other variables. You plug it in. It says, here it is. Here's your allocation. There's no human involved. You go and you invest in that and boom, you're done. That's it. And then I get a little bit of a kickback. Speaking of kickback, I have fixed it. I fixed it. I have I have been a boxer in a ring, just unlimited stamina, constantly wailing at this big brood of a of an opponent, and I'm finally getting it down. I got it on the ropes, and every time there's a new thing, like just right now, I don't know what happened. I woke up and all of a sudden I hear like these flies. I'm like, why is that? I open up the curtain, there's like 50 of them on the window. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? And so I had to spend like an hour killing flies. I was spraying and I think like I left the door open um, for an entire day just to air the place. I think that's where all the flies came in. But I was cleaning, sucking up. There's so many flies I could take the vacuum and suck them up. So I, I kind of fumigated the place. I think I'm winning the battle. But it's small crap like that. And another small thing is the Amazon affiliate program where all of a sudden these new browsers are coming out where they have automatic ad blocker. You don't even turn it on or off. They just It's on. And so these browsers now identify Amazon affiliate ads and they block them out. So I had to rehack the code. I got it back up. It should show up on every browser. So if you go to captaincapitalism.blogspot.com, you should see in the top right, right below, Curse of the High IQ's banner, advertising banner, is the Amazon banner. If you would be so kind, uh, you, know, you want to support the captain and you don't like any of the sponsors I got, you don't, not that you personally dislike them, you just have no reason for them. If you do any online shopping, please go through Amazon Affiliate Program. It doesn't cost you anything more, but I get a 7% cut for driving traffic to Amazon. So if you've got to go to my blog first, Captain Capitalism, click on the banner. Maybe even bookmark it. I think bookmarking it works. You should be able to tell there'll be a code in the URL. That tells Amazon, hey, you came from Captain. And then whatever you buy comes from, uh, I, get a, I get a kickback on, like 7%. So it's not donations, it's not Patreon, it's not, you know, here's some money or GoFundMe. Uh, it's 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 a true capitalist way to make money. It's the only way Stefan Molyneux actually makes money. That's, hey, zing. That's... <laughs> Dude, if I had his platform, I'd be a millionaire by now. I look at all these people, they got these platforms, and they just, they they, they either never capitalize on it, or they're principled for whatever reason they won't capitalize on in the case of Stefan Molyneux. Or they're just so molasses, slothfully, painfully slow to capitalize on it. For example, like Terrence Pop, redonkulous. Go look up Terrence Pop on YouTube. Guy puts all this effort into putting together great YouTube videos, editing, all that. I mean, I don't edit. I don't have time to edit. He even hires a buddy of his. They put together regularly, consistently quality videos and he's been doing it, what, three, four years? And I kept the email. I'm like, hey, hey, Terrence, let me know if I can advertise. Hey, have you thought about advertising? Have you thought about... Guy's got what? Like, how many subscribers does he have? He he gets about 10,000 views per video, which is great. I mean, especially for, you know, him being a guy and not a cute blonde or a redhead with big tits saying, I like capitalism. YouTube. Come on. There we go. Terrence Pop. What's he got? Yeah, he's got he's got more subscribers than me, twenty five thousand six hundred. And it's like, hey, Terrence, let me, you know. And they finally did. Finally got. I'm, I'm his first sponsor. I'm very humbled by it because I respect Terrence a lot. I mean, here's a guy 
you want to talk about an interesting fellow, uh, not just Iraq vet and all that. This guy was a tough guy fighter. I don't know if you guys remember tough guy competitions, like the predecessor to MMA. He was in that. Dude's in the military. Um, also worked in banking and finance. And after, I mean, constantly he he never he never sits still. He doesn't he doesn't stay down. He gets back up if things don't work. He kind of now he's doing his his uh, redonkulous. Redonkulous.com is his website. YouTube is uh, uh, Terrence Pop. That's his YouTube channel. Oh, but my gosh, he, he was coming out with great material this entire time. And then finally, finally, after three years, starts to monetize, starts to capitalize on these opportunities. Ah, well, it doesn't really matter. Anyway, so if you'd be so kind, go to my Amazon affiliate program. Here's my product. Go buy. Oh, I can't say that. It's the Curse Free Podcast. Dang it. DT and the man, they came up with some good audio clips. Okay, they pilfered some audio clips from me that I then borrowed back from them. Say, hey, can I use these? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's you. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, what? that was Betterment. Okay, yeah, so go ahead, it, get the thing, go to this, give me your money, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then we have uh, Max. Max has the ultimate reading list, <clears throat> the ultimate reading list, URL. Look at it for uh, on my site on captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Or go directly to his site, Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. And uh, what you say, well, why would I go there? Basically, Max has compiled a list of books for basically not leftists. You have to be two things. You don't, you don't have to be conservative or libertarian. You just have to basically be two th- not be two things. You have to be not liberal and you have to be not stupid. Okay, You just have to be smart and not a liberal. Uh, and these books, and he's got quite a following. He's got like 32,000 Re- viewers, I, I never understood that about Instagram. I, I'll forever be in awe or confused or flummoxed about how some things take off, how some social media takes off, and other stuff doesn't. Regardless, he's he's got a following. He's got a great following. And uh, if you're looking for books to buy, try that ultimate reading list on Instagram. Also, if you're looking to advertise your book, contact Max, okay? Uh, let him know the captain sent you. You can go to his website, Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. He charges $100 per month, and it's absolutely worth it, all right? At least for the first month. You are going, now you got to write a good book. You just can't write crap, okay? Like, what was that one? Oh, Donald Trump Zombie Hunter. <laughs> don't Don't be the millennial moron. Uh, just mailing in your your pamphlet, okay? You got to write a real book. It's got to be worthwhile. So uh, send that to Max. But you can contact him again. Let him know the captain sent you. And it's worth 100 bucks. You will make more than your $100 in return. Maybe not the ne- next month or the month after, but that first month, definitely, it's it's worth... Uh, you, you're going to get a positive rate of return. You you will not lose your $100. Well, I can't guarantee that. It's statistically unlikely you're going to lose your $100. Uncle Nick by uh, Frank Servi. You can find that on Amazon.com. Uh, that is available in paperback and Kindle. Um, and it's basically uh, the bad Santa of the manosphere or the red pill world. Then we have my two classes, the analysis evaluation of stocks, if you want to learn how to invest in stocks, and stocks, bonds, investing, oh my, my introductory course to how to you know invest in retirement planning and finances. So that's a very introductory type um, uh, class. And then one I guess everyone should take so you know kind of how the rules used to look or how retirement used to look. So you're not completely wandering around in the desert. 
Uh, but I really do like the analysis and valuation of stocks. That one really will help. Ironic, I looked at the stats, and I don't know why I never looked at the stats, but the stocks class, which is the superior of the two, gets like an eighth or a tenth of the enrollment of the other one. And I, ah, all right, fine. What am I going to do? I think uh, time for the news. Now listen, man, I like the news. You guys like the news? It has not been a good week of news for the millennials. Couple articles, all related, coming out. I'm going to abbreviate some of them to spare you the time. Uh, from Jack Sinta Bowler. I know it's Jacinta, but I'm going to pronounce it Jack Sinta Bowler. Millennials are hooking up less than every generation since the 1920s. The evidence is in. Americans born in the 80s and 90s are less likely to be having sex than their parents who were born in the 60s and the 70s. In fact, kids today are having less sex than any generation since the 1920s, a time when 5% of the global population had been killed off by the Spanish flu. Although it goes against the stereotypes of millennials having easy access to sex from apps like Tinder, honestly, we probably should have seen the signs. Pokemon Go is now way more popular than Tinder, Tinder and teen pregnancy rates are dropping every year. Combine that with easy access to porn and young people living at home for longer, the results of this study start to make a bit more sense. This generation appears to be waiting longer to have sex with an increasing minority, apparently waiting until their early 20s or later, said author Gene Twingy of San Diego State University. <clears throat> blah, 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 blah. Okay, so they're having less sex, all right? So that's one article. Now, this then setting off a, 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 a gang pile where we all piled on the millennials, mocked it, ridiculed them, and deservedly so, because, I mean... I, I know we all hate the boomers, and I know I hate Gen X, but my gosh, the millennials are in a league of their own in terms of douchebaggery. I mean, just utter patheticness and, and losingness. So, out come an article. I can't find out where it is, but it, it presented itself. Maybe hang on. Let me see if I can't find it, because it, it was so hypocritical. It, it says, like, well, all these people are ganging up on the millennials, and none of them did scientific studies. Uh, excuse me, it's poverty. Studies show, and then they link to some studies, but they make it sound like it's only poverty. Like they say, hey, it's not the millennials' fault. All it is is poverty and debt, and they, and it's hard to hook up. And Hang on, let me see if I can't find it. Okay, here it is, the Daily Beast, the unsexy truth about millennials, they're poor. If you're wondering why millennials don't have much sex and don't buy cars, forget socializing theory. The harsh truth lies in their near-empty wallets. Millennials are not the same vast, unsolvable mystery. According to a report from the U.S. Census Bureau, they earned 2000 less than their parents did at a comparable age. Good, they deserve it. They always voted in leftists, so they deserve poverty. And they are more likely to live in poverty and live at home. But baby boomers and Gen Xers still seem to find it hard to believe that basic economic math can explain much of the younger generation's behavior. After several news... See, now here's where the hurt comes from. This is from Samantha Allen, and she just wants to point out that it's not her fault because, you know, women have it so hard to find sex. <laughs> because Samantha just couldn't go to a bar dressed in a miniskirt and go get it, right? So she's got to explain why it's so hard for people to have sex <clears throat> in the millennial generation. Uh, after several news outlets including the Daily Beast, reported that rates of millennial sexual activity in early adulthood are surprisingly high, or inactivity in uh, early adulthood is surprisingly high. Armchair social theorists came out in force to blame it on everything but the fact that nearly one-third of young adults are still living at home. One right-wing college news website found a way to attribute the finding to millennials' desires for space, safe spaces. Well, yeah, when you're kind of a wimp who wants to sleep with you. Conservative New York Times columnist Ross 
Douthit speculated on Twitter that it was an example of the porn paradox, whatever that means. Well, sweetheart, if you haven't been paying attention how boys are spending a lot more time on porn and video games than these, quote, social armchair actors. And here's the, here's the other thing. You make it sound, what was the phrase? Uh, armchair social theorists. I got news for you, Samantha. Sociology and sociologists, those aren't real professions or real people. All right, it's just observing society. Anyone can do it. It's nothing special. Humans have been doing this their entire lives for survival and to find out who they want to hang out with and who they can trust. You don't need to go to college to be a sociologist. You don't need to go to college to become an economist. You just have to pay attention and study. You have to pull data. You have to have logic. So don't, don't, please don't put yourself, let's look up this girl. Let's see who Samantha Allen is. I always like to see what is her degree in sociology Tech and health writer at the Daily Beast. How is it tech and health? She holds a PhD in women's studies, gender, and ah, from Emory University. All right, all right, there you go. Scholars for sexology at the Kinsley Institute previously. Okay, all right, sweetheart, sure, we know where you are. I'm sorry, dear, uh, your degree is worthless and it's not a real degree. So a commoner sitting on the bus, and I do mean that, a commoner, someone with an average IQ, because that's what the average IQ is for leftist liberal arts graduates, very average. Um, They have every right to comment on sociology. So you just seem a little butthurt here that that people are blaming it on, you know, (laughs) porn and all the other stuff. So you're going to come out and just simply say, you're poor. That's that's your symbol, because you, you, at least that gives the millennial generation and you an excuse for your piss poor performance, right? Uh, others attributed it predictably to the effects of technology or increased anxiety. A Reuters, a Rutgers biological anthropologist even suggests that millennials might be too movi- motivated and ambitious to even bother with sex. The most like most likely explanation, which was mentioned in the study itself, is that parents' basements do not make great boom, boom, rooms. Who needs Occam's razor when you're publicly opining about the behavior of an entire generation? Lower wages sending 22-year-olds back home after college isn't nearly as sexy as complaining about porn or political correct. Look, at any time, you know, Samantha, you're a, you're a women's studies victimology major. Aren't you girls equal now? Can't you girls, like, love a man for himself or at least just, you know, have sex with them? What, are you admitting that women actually care about whether a man lives at home in a basement? Are you saying you actually care how much a guy makes and that has an effect on sexuality? Oh my gosh, once again, the black women's fingernails come through and shine through. The women, are, the, the feminists are putting on makeup. Look out. The truth is that lower wages and poverty can account for so many of the things that older generations find so mystifying about millennials. Yeah, because because me and Gen X, we we're just totally rocking it with our sports cars and our pimp condos downtown when we were going to college because we all had tons of money back in our twenties and our and our and our uh, teens. I mean, we we're just I mean, we we're just eating sushi every day, and we told the girls were just lining up at the door. It's not like we had to go work out or do something amazing. Yet somehow we still got laid. Oh, for examples, millennials drive less than their parents' generation until recently, at least, were relatively uninterested in buying cars. Well, that's because you were brainwashed into thinking cars were evil and you don't want to pollute. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, we can, we can go on. But that was, that was the article that I, I saw. Then, not an article, but a video came out. I think it was The Rebel. And uh, 
she, the, the hostess was talking about how these studies showed that millennial males uh, have lost, depending on, it, it was a weird way they did it, but somewhat scientific, and they certainly didn't say this was the end-all, be-all conclusive proof, but they took pinch strength and grip strength, how many pounds pressure per inch um, you could squeeze. And the reason they did that is because it is... It measures testosterone, whereas your your muscles and your biceps and and other muscles in your body will change. Your grasp is relatively consistent. It is a better approximation as to your strength and how much testosterone you have. So they found out that millennial boys are weaker than their current age dads. (laughs) These 20-somethings should be at their prime, the peak physical condition, are weaker than their 45, 50-year-old fathers. And I feel good about it because I'm like, hey, at least Gen X doesn't suck at one thing. At least, like, we're hitting the gym. At least we, we got in a, in, a, in a playground fight once in our lives. And there, what was? And, and don't quote me on this. You have to look it up. And, and listen, I'm not going to link to it. <clears throat> but they were saying that millennial women and millennial boys, because the millennial women haven't lost their strength. They've had the exact same strength. I think it was like 75 pounds per inch. Um now millennial girls, millennial boys have that same strength. That millennial boys are just as strong or as weak as we should say, as millennial girls. And so all this stuff. So it 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 created a firestorm. I think pretty much everybody in the world who hates millennials, including the millennials themselves, or at least hate their their generation, uh, jumped on this and just eh, you know freaking Nelson from uh, the Simpsons. But then it sent uh, the the typical propagandists, the, the feminists, they had to go and cover for the generation. It's poverty, it's money. So let, let the old captain tell you what it is, okay? It's everything, all right? It, it's all of the above. First, you got porn, all right? Uh, guys are going to go on the... They, they, I mean, I, I, I thought we hit the, the, the holy land when we could download a, a nudie pic and it took four hours. I thought, that's it. We're done. It's cool. This is great. This is the most awesome thing in the world. Now you got video. You got everything. You got live stream. It, it's unreal what is out there. All right? And this, even though it is not a equal good, it is a substitute good. And this is an economic, basic, simple economic concept. It's like, I want watermelon. They don't have watermelon. <clears throat> okay, I'll get cantaloupe. I want, uh, I want, um... Scotch, they don't have scotch. Okay, I'll settle for whiskey. It's a slight, It's not as good, but since the good that you want is not available or it's out of your price range, they're going to go for it. And what will happen is sometimes, not always, but sometimes, an inferior good will be so cheap and so easily accessible, it will become the preferred good over the normal good. And like I asked the uh, previous gal who wrote the article before, who's a women's studies major, at any time you girls could solve it because you are the gatekeepers to sex. You can start giving it up. You can start actually practicing what you preach and having frivolous sex. You can be sex-positive feminists. You girls can be just like men. You can, but you're not. And the reason why is also the internet, because just like guys have access to what they want on the internet, porn and sex and orgasms, women have access to what they want, and that's attention. So whereas you think men pulling out, (laughs) pun intended, Men pulling out of the sexual market to go pursue this inferior good would result in women saying, okay, we got to lower our price. We got to 
we got to give it up more easily because I want to actually have sex. Not as much as men, but but I want to actually have sex. And maybe I, I would like to get married and have children. But I can't admit that. I got to paint my nails. Uh, <laughs> you'd think that would happen. No, because women don't have sex with men. They don't date men for sex and orgasms. Some do, but to a lesser extent. The primary reason, they want attention. And the women are getting that over in social media. Twitters, Facebooks, likes. Plus, they can, they can quote, give up sex without actually having to have sex. I mean, the, the you can you can sext, you can send nudie pics. Now you can they got the webcam things. They got uh that chatterbait guy wrote an article on on Return of Kings. I'm like, what the hell? And I looked at it, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! Brilliant, brilliant business model. Whoever came up with that digitized stripping and is making a mint. So are the girls who do it, but you don't actually have to have sex. You don't actually have to do anything. Which is a woman's dream come true. What? I can make money and get attention without sex? Ah! That right there probably gives them orgasms. <laughs> Ooh. It's amazing how the curse-free podcast is a little bit more vicious than the curse-full. So, you, so now everyone's leaving the market. And this is just one variable. That's just one variable. Then there's video games. Okay, there's no economic growth. There's no economic opportunity. Once again, we hate the 50s and we hate Western civilization. And we have replaced it with socialism and culturalism and multidiversity and all this stuff that's never worked. We've replaced it with feminism. We've replaced it with a bunch of sociological theories that never worked. We've gambled the world's largest economy on a theory created by a bunch of spoiled brat baby boomer F-tards in the 60s and the 70s. All pinging or pinging, hinging on a, a parasite from the 1840s over in Germany, was it? I think. <clears throat> so now you've destroyed the, the operating base, the industrial base. You've wiped out all the jobs. You've cut economic growth to half of what it used to be during those evil, racist, bigoted, homophobic 50s where men, by the way, were constantly beating their wives. They have videos in the old, and men just beating their wives. You'd have the daily beating. You just go out there and beat your wife. Hey, hey Jim, how you doing? Hi, right, Bob. Yeah, just beating the old wife. That's what happened. It was just like that in the 50s. If you don't believe that, you're sexist. So now there's no jobs, and that's kind of what gives men agency. And if you're going to put this huge hurdle of college with $100,000 in debt attached to it, and they just plain don't have the money, nor not to mention you, 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 you put the brains into comas in K-12, through 12, they just don't have the energy anymore to go. So there's no jobs, there's no future, education's too expensive, and then even if you got your education, you're not going to get a job anyway. So screw it, they're going to stay at home and play video games, because guess what it is in video games? You actually have fake agency. And actually having fake agency is once again a substitute good for real agency. But since, once again, the market is not going to provide jobs, they're not going to provide real reason, point, and purpose to young men, You got they're going to go somewhere, they might as well take the substitute good. Look, if you're starving and you really want apples, uh, and you go to the store in the store, you know, in Venezuela, say, sorry, we don't have any apple. Matter of fact, all we have is oranges. You're going to take the orange as opposed to starve. And just like sex and just like purpose and agency, men will take the substitute good if the other good is gone. And in both instances, it is gone. Women have left the uh, sexual market because they get all the attention in the world on Facebook and the Tinder and the interwebs. And then they don't have to have any of that nasty, evil, gross sex. In some cases, they even make money. That's, that's what I find as an economist amazing. And then so, so we all voted in socialism by predominantly the leftist millennials in the, in the uh, uh, Gen Xers' hands. We voted in socialism. You've killed all the businesses. You've killed any economic growth. 
So there's no jobs anymore. So now the boys are gone. Now they're playing video games instead. That's their job. So that, again, that's why they're having less sex. I mean, the gal's not wrong. It is poverty too, but I'm, I'm just giving you all the, all the excuses. We're all right. But I like how she dismisses it, just chalks it up to poverty. Uh, then what? Uh, oh, there actually is poverty. Right, yeah. It, but this is largely a male phenomenon, all right? The men have to do I never, I remember one time, I was, was I 30? I think I was 29 or 30. And I was still priding myself off of the fact that I was, to that day, pretty much the only, one of the few people I knew that actually supported himself since the age of 18. And I ended up running into this gal. She, I think she was 24, 25. Cute. I think she was in my dance. Yeah, she was a dance student. Say, hey, you want to go out sometime? She says, yeah, that'd be great. So she gives me an address, and I'm thinking, like, this is a weird address. And the reason it was weird is because I never went to that neighborhood to pick a girl up. Like, it was always uptown or downtown or by campus. They, it, it was just, just a really odd, like, why, where was it? It was Robbinsdale I was going. And not that you guys would know Robbinsdale, but it's just an old neighborhood. I'm like, well, why am I going? This is weird. So I go there. Just, just an old neighborhood. I'm like, what is weird? And so I go up the door, knock on the door, and this baby boomer aged old man answers. He's like, hello. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I think I have the wrong house. He's like, oh, are you looking for, I forget her name, Amy. I don't know. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. She lives here. I'm like, oh. And then it dawns on me like, ah, oh, crap. She lives at home. <laughs> now, just so you know, this didn't, it deterred me from a long-term relationship, but it didn't deter me from wanting to bang her. I still wanted to have sex. So if a girl lives at home, no guy ever cares. We really don't. It's like your career. We don't care. It's like your doctorate in women's studies. We don't care. We just want to bang you first and foremost. And then marriage is whether or not you actually have a real job and you got your act together. But women, it ain't the same way. Oh, no. If the guy lives at home, oh, no. Then that dries up like sawdust in a desert. That is, that is, that the waterworks are not turned on then. Oh, no. And then you go running for the hills. Uh, and the, also similar, the gal, you know, related to poverty, cars. Oh, show me the day you girls are going to start chauffeuring us guys around. Show us where you're going to pick us up. I'd love to see that. I would love to see it where the girls don't care that the guy doesn't have, and then she has a car and she drives the guy around. I, I always envied the few percentage of guys that could pull that off because they were the biggest douchebags or the biggest losers. Like they're a drug dealer or something like that and they're potheads. And these girls would always go and pick them. I remember one guy, oh, he, he said he biked around, but it's because he couldn't afford a car. I just prefer to bike because it's better for the environment. Okay, whatever, tattoo hippie. And this gal, oh, did I have the hots for her? Oh, she'd drive him around. She would drive this loser around. Meanwhile, I'm like, I got rental property. I'm working at a bank. I teach dance. What more do you want? What? I always wondered what the formula for that was. I know it's some kind of form of douchebaggery and being a jerk and being indifferent. I know. I know. It's somewhere in there. I could never refine or master that formula. But those are the only type of guys that have a girl that says, okay, I'll drive you around. Girls that like getting beaten. I don't know. Girls that have no self-respect. Daddy molested them, so now they're going to go find them to lose. I really don't know. And I could never, like I said, I could never replicate it. I could never, I could never do that. But for the remaining 95% of the population, girls aren't going to go after a guy without a car. 
But again, it's it's within your power, ladies, to change that. So if you guys are all ashamed, if the women are all ashamed, you're going to go rush and defend the millennial generation for not having sex. You girls can change that starting tomorrow. You can all say, yep, you know what? Let's start having sex. But, oh, that's right. No matter how much you stammer and stamp your little feet and go and mm, 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 talk to the hand, deep down inside, you still are women. And you really need to have some kind of connection with the guy before you have sex. And even then, you don't like it that much. Ah, and the millennial girls. That's right. I forget. Most of you are so insecure with your own selves and are so mental in your head, you can't actually have an orgasm. What was the percent? Percent of women, 20s, can't orgasm. Orgasm deficit. Uh, why have so many women never had an orgasm? <sighs> Kinsey Institute indicates 20-30% of women don't have orgasms during... Uh, but the number is much likely higher. Statistic my colleagues and I have been saying lately is that roughly 70% of women rarely or never have orgasms with intercourse. I want to know what it is with age. Oh, well, not my problem. We men have no problem having orgasms. Regardless, that's the whole point. That's that's the whole point, ladies. See, the science says you got a little bit. It's not just, I like sex. I'm pro-sex feminist. How many of you guys had that gal? She was all like raring to go, da-da-da. You take her home, and then all of a sudden she's like, well, I, I got to go home. I can't, man. Or the worst, like, well, I'm a virgin. What? Why are you dressed like a slut? What? And then you're like, ooh. I don't know. Maybe I'll take you home. That sounds a little... Actually, that's just like the... I've had that happen more than once. You guys remember the movie... Uh, one of my favorite movies. American Beauty. Where the gal, the, the young cheerleader gal is acting all like she's a slut. And she's, you know, she all has sex all the time. Then it actually comes to it. And then she's like, I've never had sex before. <laughs> and then Kevin Spacey's character is like, ha... Huh? That has happened more than once in old Captain's lifetime. And then it's like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, in both cases, I'm like, nah, you're going home. Uh, I was nicer than that because I was like, hey, yeah, that's not going to happen. I think one I called back, the next one I never called back again. I was just like, I think I was so burnt out by that time. I'm like, I'm, I'm done with this. I, I'm going to go play my video games. I am done. Anyway, so my whole point is the hypocrisy. Once again, the hypocrisy coming from the left, namely the feminists. And it's not a shock that the women's, the person who wrote this is a women's studies major. Uh, where it's like, yeah, you know what? You're, you're going to claim poverty? Uh, that's a one-sided street. That's a one-sided. And anytime you girls want to be intellectually honest and actually become men and be equals, you could start offering sex just as much. But again, that would have to admit that well, then that would run contrary to your biological hardwire programming. That's why you have such a hard time doing it. It was the thing I remember when I was younger. Oh, women are equal. Women are equal. They kept telling me women are equal. And so I thought when I got, you know, also in puberty hit, oh, girls will ask us out as many times. Nope. You girls are so, such inferiors when it comes to courage and taking your lumps. It is laughable. That is the earliest sign right there for you young boys. If you're in middle school or even high school, and they're yelling and you're telling you in your face that women are equal, women are the same, they're interchangeable, women are equal, women are equal. And you say, okay, when are the women going to start asking us out? Well, that's because you're not saying that. No, no, because they're not. I mean, they're not inferior, they're different. They're not equal, they're different. 
right? And once once we admit that, but I just want to point that out. At any time, ladies, you want to this this problem is completely under control of millennial women. If you want to, you know, close this sex gap between the other generations, you girls can you girls can man up, literally. Anyway, so that that was all the hubbub on the on the interwebs. That was what the media was saying. That's what all the and I just came in with a very short and sweet observation. Even made a quick video of it. It's the fact millennials are ugly. And I'm not doing this to slam on the millennials. I don't, there's no such thing as slam. Like, I don't call people names to hurt them. I point out the truth to help you. In the end, I mean, look, you could tell the millennial Joe, yeah, keep slinging your coffee, wear your hair bun, and, and have your salmon jeans, and play your acoustic guitar, okay? And then write poetry, all right? That's not going to help you with the women. It's not going to help you in life. Doing some push-ups, joining the military, doing something with your life, getting a STEM degree, that will. So it's not like I'm I'm picking on the millennials for S's and G's. I'm picking on them, one, because it's true, two, they deserve it, three, it feels good, and four, inevitably it will help them if they choose to listen. But given they're like, that's not going to happen. So let's just pick on them anyway. But I pointed it out. Have you seen millennials? Have you seen them? This is why that I cite that study where the millennial males are weak. Nobody wants to sleep with effeminate or feminine men and no guy wants to sleep with masculine women. And yes, certainly there are good-looking people in all generations and all that, but you want to talk about a percentage. Look, I, I go and I go get my coffee. And there's there's always these two gals. Like I said before, they got that, that drab, gray, puce, magenta, turquoise hair dye. They're fat. One's got her head shaved on one side. They're wearing... They got their thick-rimmed glasses. They're overweight. No guy wants to nail that. And then if you look at these millennial guys, I mean, there's, I've seen them. I mean, certainly I've seen like, okay, I ran into a young Marine. Okay, obviously Marine, good strip, young looking man. Okay, good. There you go. He'll, he'll get laid. But man, you go to a campus, you look at any of these. I mean, it's, it's not even a joke. I'm more worried about getting a fight with a Gen Xer than I am a millennial. Even if the millennials are tall, you can see it. They're weak. They're just... Their skin is perfect. They're just like those those mice that groom themselves in the mice experiment. There's, they're just you, you could think like, I could punch through them. I mean, I'm a, just because you did a push up in your life. There's that much more testosterone in Gen X, which doesn't even have that much. We're getting older. But no woman wants to sleep with that guy, that wimpy guy. Women would rather actually. I'm being deadly serious. Just hear me out. Women, younger women, would rather sleep with a very sexy, attractive, real woman than one of these average millennial wimps. They really would. Because at least that woman stands for something. I'm not claiming I know all about female sexuality. But I'm looking at, like, yeah, these gals would rather go and bang that than pajama boy. And you cannot, you cannot overlook the fact that physique also has something to do with it. And that opposites attract this simple law of physics the simple law of the universe that that the sociologists and no doubt the previous women's study author try to blur and get rid of to make everything this androgynous asexual race uh it doesn't work with the programming it just doesn't and you will breed out or fail to breed i mean if you guys aren't having sex these genes that they'll be wiped out don't worry they will be wiped out, and the men and the women that are having sex, they will. I mean, it, it's there's got to be some kind of sick, psycho, <clears throat> demented 
I guess, pointless. I, I'm really curious, what is the drive? There seems to be a drive to become asexual, to be able to reproduce it, especially from the women. The women are obsessed with this, I want to breed without having men around. And so we can get by with in vitro fertilization, test tube babies, stuff like that. But then there's all, that, that still requires sperm. But I'm one, there's something else where, especially from the left, especially from the feminists, they want to get rid of gender. They want to get rid of sex. And I don't know if it's a weird obsession. Like, I don't want to answer to the opposite sex. I don't want to have to have standards applied to me. I don't want to have to work in order to procreate. I mean, is that is that the dream? Like, you don't have to answer to anyone. You just breed like a, a spore or like a mushroom, like a fungi? Or is it that you... You're you're so lacking in some kind of point and purpose and reason in life that all you have is hating the opposite sex, which is predominantly feminist hating men. Although the virgin towels do seem to hate women, but I, I don't see that coming from the virgin towel cap about like how I'm going to have a child on my own without a woman. Although I will say, Sandman thought about that, and I was going, oh, Sandman, hang. Out. I was thinking about doing a response video, but I'm like, ah, I'm not gonna, you know, I'll let him do what he wants. But there's nowhere near the cacophony or the or that consistent repeating uh, refrain where it's like, well, I want, no guy's like, oh, I want to have a test tube baby. Oh, I can't wait to, oh, there's, there's this new evolution that will advance my ability to give birth without a man. I, I don't see where that's coming from. But there's a push coming from women and, and, and maybe it's just like you hate guys. You don't want to answer to them. Again, it could be my universal theory of laziness that explains all human behavior. Why are feminists ugly? Why are millennials ugly? Because they're lazy. They don't want to work hard. It'd be good looking. Requires work. It requires effort. Right? And people would rather jerk off the porn or who, Lord knows how many you know uh, uh, millennial girls masturbate to the number of likes or friends they get on Facebook or the Twitter. I right, find you're not going to have sex. Uh, but, but you're going to go down in terms of physical beauty and you will not attract a genuine opposite mate. And then perhaps that's what it is, like your, your instincts still kick in, like the fingernails on the black ghetto women. It still pushes through. You say, no, I got to breed somehow, but by God, am I lazy and I don't want to look good for other people or achieve anything in my life. So I'm not going to hit the gym like all good millennial girls and I'm going to tattoo myself up because that's easy. And by gosh, I'm a millennial boy and I'm just going to groom myself and put myself in hair buns and wear nice jeans. Well, I'm not going to work hard or try and impress a girl so that she might, you know, want to have sex with me. So we're all going to focus on how to breed without the opposite sex. Maybe that's it. Maybe I just figured it out. To attract a mate requires effort and work. And the millennials just simply don't have that effort and energy. But they cannot override their genetic biological desires and drives to breed. Maybe men can. Men just want to jerk off and go away and then play the radio game. So maybe that's why men are happy. Maybe that's why gay guys are happier too. They're just all about having sex and having fun. Never found an unhappy gay guy. And then you look at the lesbians, they're all miserable. Maybe that's why women want to bring the children into the world, but they don't want to have to answer to men. I think that does that does explain. That's why they're driving for that. I think that's probably why, you know, they got the... Look, you already replaced the finances from the guy. Now you need his seed. Well, now you got to go to a sperm bank. All right. Well, that's okay. But man, would it be nice to just not have any of that icky, gross male stuff? Like somehow you could just become an asexual entity. And would that make you free? Is that what it is? You're free from the clutches of men... When ironically and sadly, men are the number one thing that's going to make you girls happy. Oh, 
Oh, is it going to be great? You can already see with these old aging baby boomers. I see it with the Gen Xers. But man, I hope I'm long enough to see these millennial girls get into their 50s. I just can't wait to see these millennial girls get into their 50s. And the millennial boys. Lord knows what virtual reality technology will exist then. Those guys will be those guys will be shipped off to some kind of matrix porn farm and they they won't even know what's going on. They'll they'll die happy, ignorant but happy. But man, the miserable life that these millennial girls are heading down. Oh well. Uh Let's do some more sponsors. Push it rubber downhill. The book by Adam Piggott. Uh, in demand career, our good buddy Seth. Go to in demandcareer.com. Seth will train you on how to get a reasonably decent paying salary in digital marketing. Uh, so go to indemandcareer.com. Our good, uh, pretty model of Captain's Quarterly, Cindy Moran. Go to cindymoran.net if you're looking for a pretty girl to hire to model. Welcome to Divide by SP Daily. That's available on paperback and Kindle. Navsquam by Ann Sturzinger. You know what? Just go to annsturzinger.com and look up her books there. She's got a bunch of books. And if you're listening, dear, darling, honey, light of my life, reason for living. Stop trying to go to publishers to get your book published. Just self-publish and start advertising through blogs and podcasts. I was listening to John Steele's podcast, which you can find on YouTube. Steele spelled... S-T-E-E-L-E. Uh, and it's just, I don't know, why should I? Should I even try and give advice? Should I? Nobody listens. Never mind. Never mind. And keep the, you and Burn. you and Burn keep doing what you do. <laughs> what? We're doing everything right. We know what we're doing. We're doing, we're doing. Keep doing what you guys do. Yeah, there you go. Don't listen to the old captain. The old captain don't know Jack. Uh, then we have the black man's got out of poverty. For those of you who happen to be of the black persuasion, and you are a man, it is not written for women. It is not. A lot of women are like, well, can I? Nope. Well, I mean, you can buy it. I can't stop you from buying it. You're not going to like it. Uh, but it is for black men. And it's to a lesser extent minority men, but I did consult and advise with black men. Uh, so it's for black men who want to get out of the ghetto. They want a better life. You're sick and tired of, you know, <laughs> gosh almighty. I don't know what that's like where you're just waiting on the government check or you're waiting on other people. Like that 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 would drive me nuts where it's like I got to rely on other people and constantly panhandling to make food and ends meet. Uh, no, no more. Uh, you're going to die here, guys, pretty soon. And uh, you could do it that way like uh, your grandfather and your father and your brother and your uncle and every other guy like that. Or you could look around and say, hey, this ain't working. And let's try a plan B. Well, this is the plan B. You don't have to follow it, but I do uh, I do ask you give it a shot. Uh, it is also available in Kindle so that you don't get the shit uh, crap kicked out of you by the crabs in the bucket that uh, would beat you up because they view you as an Uncle Tom or an Oreo or claim that you're uh, acting white if you dare to want to have something better than what your predecessors have. So uh, you can read that discreetly and in private. Black Man's Got Out of Poverty. You can find that on Amazon.com. Bachelor Pad Economics. That is available in audio, Kindle, and paperback. If this is the book to get in audio, because it's 512 pages, it's a long book, and I know a lot of you are very busy. Thankfully, you can you can read it more of a, as a reference book, because you, you wouldn't really read it all the way through. You'd find out where you are in life, and then you'd find the corresponding chapter uh, to read it. It is a bit pricey. It's 24 bucks. 
over on uh, paperback. I think it's 10 bucks on Kindle. And audio, I don't know what it is. It's pricey in audio, but again, that's because you save your time. I think they got to mail you the CDs. I don't know. I've never ordered an audio book. So, um, but that's available in all three formats. Worthless is also available in audio, also read by David Serini. Um, that is a great book uh, coming up on a college, especially for somebody who probably doesn't listen to you. It's a hard thing. I got this little kid. And I'm like, hey, you read the book I gave you? No, why not? I want to read it. It's like, moron. We have just, it, it, that's the thing. Horse and water, pistol to the head. Read. No. Okay, don't read. Just end up a loser like everybody else. But uh, if you have a young person, or you yourself are a young person, you're about to go to college, or considering going back to college, please get the book Worthless. Uh, it's a mere fraction of the cost of what you're going to spend on one of your college books. So I would I would get that um, before anything, before going to college, buy that. If you don't know what you're going to major in, don't go to college. Drop out of college immediately right now. Enjoy the decline. Um, that's available in paperback and Kindle. Curse of the High IQ, uh, that is available in Kindle, paperback, and soon-to-be audio. Behind the Housing Crash, that is my first book about the housing market. Uh, top Shelf and Reserve, the best of Captain Capitalism. I got to add Captain's Quarterly. Captain's Quarterly. Buy a copy of Captain's Quarterly, otherwise Cindy will cry, and you don't want her to cry. She's very pretty, and you will have nightmares, and you'll go straight to hell if you make her cry. Uh, then we have Reconnaissance Man. Please, 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 if you are 30 and under, and you don't know where you're going in life, and you don't know what you want to major in, and you're having trouble, da 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 please get this book. Right? This book is for those of you wandering in the desert, and you could even be under 40. If you don't know what you're doing, oh, maybe I got to go back to college. I don't know. Maybe I should go back. Well, I'm going to try this. Just... Stop. Just stop. Stop. You're, you're making it harder than it needs to be. Buy reconnaissance, man. Do some reconnaissance. It's much easier. It's much more fun. And for those of you young boys out there, who are, and girls, it's for women too, but it's predominantly men that send me the request. If you're running into trouble with your parents saying they're going to cut funding off or they're going to kick you out of the house if you don't go to college uh, or you're you're a high schooler or you're of college age and you don't know what you want to major in, please get this book. Worthless will help. That will definitely help. This, But Worthless only is it's a report. Worthless is an economics report like of the labor market. This is what degrees pay. That's very simplifying the book. And here's the economics reasons why. So don't major in these degrees, major in those degrees. That's kind of worthless in, in two sentences. But that doesn't answer, well, what does is, what is Jim Bobson want to major in? What does Amy Jacobson want to What do you as an individual want to major in? Because you may not like chemical engineering. That's the whole point of reconnaissance, man. It is the journey everybody needs to take, everybody, before you go and start investing in your future and your life. Because if you don't know what you want in life, you're wasting any investment you make, especially if you go right from high school into college. That's like the worst thing you can do. And I am not joking, you guys. You could save yourself decades of time. I would have saved myself decades of time and, and hundreds of thousands of dollars if I had this book back when I was 17 or 18. It, 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 I cannot emphasize and recommend this book enough. So please, go get that book if you're slightly lost. It's a short read. It's no, no longer than uh, Curse of the High IQ. It's like just shy of 200 pages. Um. And it's a, it's, it's a practicum. There's the philosophy par, part one, and then there's a practicum part two. So it just, it holds your hand through what to do. I 
Just please go get. It should be a best. All my books should be bestsellers, but no one listens to poor Clary. Uh, day by Day Cartoon by Chris Muir. Go ahead to daybydaycartoon.com. Visit him. Silvio Canto's book, Cubanos in Wisconsin. Davis Arini's book, As I Walk These Broken Roads. Marty Andrade's books, Nixon's Guide to the Multi, uh, Multiverse. And then um, he's got a book on D.B. Cooper coming out. And that's it. So listen, go ahead. Vote up the podcast on iTunes. If you do the iTunes thing. Forward, recommend, comment, all that other stuff. Help spread the good word of the captain around. Buy my or buy your crap on my Amazon affiliate program. And like I said, if if you forward this stuff, if you recommend Asshole Consulting, you recommend any one of my th- and the people actually follow it, click on it. That's like sending me six bucks. So if you don't want to send me anything, any money, you don't have any money to send, or you don't want to buy anything online, if you simply share on the Facebook forward, whatever else. That's like giving me six bucks, and that's really uh, how we uh, we expand the old world of Cappy Cap here. Anyway, that's it. You guys have a good week, and we'll catch up with you later. Toodles.